Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Things are back to how they typically are because we got Chad sitting here. My name's Robert. Last I'm, week... I'm sorry to be typical. Go ahead. Megan was so great last she week. She was fantastic. Yeah. And, and I'm kind of like... I'm, I'm getting used to, yeah, it's Chad again. But uh, I love you, man. And so I'm, I'm glad you're here. But Megan was fantastic. <laughs> she... Uh, anytime I've heard her speak, uh, God has spoken to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to have her back. She... She was great. Yeah, and, I got it. And, and who she is is great. I, I, she's very humble and just, uh, I mean, she's, you know, obviously uber talented and, and has that charismatic personality uh, on stage and, and when she speaks, but um, just a real trustworthy, solid person. Yeah. So I was grateful to have her. Yeah. As soon as she got done, my brother texted Chad and I and said, I don't know who's speaking next week, but they better bring it. <laughs> and I texted back, I'm smart. Robert's up next week. So. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, hey, before we j- dive into the uh, topic, I, d- I do want to say for all of you who are enjoying the podcast, uh, would you like, would you subscribe, would you share it? Um, this is just another way for us to, to get the message out to to more people in, in different ways. And so that's a, that's a way you can help us do that and uh, appreciate you doing that. Yeah, especially with the podcast being new, if it, it's helped you or if you find it interesting or entertaining or, you know, it helps you fall asleep at night, something like that, <laughs> uh, please share it with somebody and uh, let's get the word out. So we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, today we're going to be talking about humility. And Chad, you always tell me that, that you're really good at being humble. And so uh, I want to... I am to, really proud yeah, of my humility. It's, yeah. So I wanted to ask you a few questions about humility, and, and we'll talk about God's Word. And um, the kind of the foundation as we were diving into this is in Daniel chapter 4, it, it's actually written by Nebuchadnezzar. And you have this moment it's where... It's my favorite chapter in the book of Daniel. There's all kinds yeah. of amazing prophecy and all that. But when Nebuchadnezzar shares his testimony, it's just great. It's great. And, it, and it's his story of how great God is. And, and it's because he experienced through Daniel's humility, he receives the grace of God. And then he ends up going from prideful to humble. And, and now he's in humility, sharing the news with the whole world. In fact, he's they don't have social media. So he writes this part of Daniel, this letter, and it's to all peoples, all languages of planet Earth is how he addresses it. Yeah. So just a little perspective. This would be like Joseph Stalin giving his life to Jesus, yeah. like Adolf Hitler giving his life to Jesus in a real way. Yep. This is like one of the most wicked kings in the history of mankind and now he's following God. Yeah. And and he gets there through humility. And here's the beautiful thing about humility. Um, Bible teaches that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And and through humility, he receives God's grace. Uh, and so if Nebuchadnezzar can receive it, anybody can receive it. Yeah. It's, God's it's grace for is pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so talk about humility because there, there is something that happens culturally where I feel like in, in Christianity in the church world, um, sometimes we forget that Christianity begins, continues, and ends with humility. That somewhere along the lines, we, we shift to pride and we, we become proud of either our behavior or we treat people pridefully looking down upon people. How does that creep in to something that's very foundation is, is built on humility? Yeah, well, humility is the chief virtue of the Christian life. So all godly virtues flow in and through humility because, you quoted it just a moment ago, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. So... Anything that God does in our lives, any work he does in us or through us, it flows through humility because he opposes the proud, mm-hmm. which uh, just to get everybody kind of thinking here, uh, religion actually fosters pride because religion is me saving myself. Mm-hmm. Religion is literally about self-righteousness. 
This is what I'm doing to work my way to God. I may not be perfect, but at least I'm better than you. It fosters pride. Whereas Christianity, which is not a religion, it's, it's something different. It's not the absence of religious devotion or discipline either. It's, it's, it's something different. But Christianity says it's all grace. Yeah. There's nothing good in me apart from, from God, which actually fosters humility. Yeah. Um, humility just says, I'm not self-righteous. I'm not trusting in me. Mm-hmm. I'm not trusting in my goodness or my worthiness. Uh, I'm trusting in, in Jesus. I'm just a beggar telling other beggars where to find bread. Yeah. But man, there's so much bread over here. <laughs> like you don't want to miss it. Like it's Krispy Kreme donuts. And I, I just heard of a new place called Duck Donuts. Okay. I've so, not heard of this. Yeah. So I just started, you know, trying to eat right and start working out again. And uh, Friday's my cheat day. So I'm headed to Duck Donuts. But <laughs> but we're just beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Mm-hmm. And the bread is really good over here. Yeah. Um, and Christianity is not about earning. It's about receiving. Yeah. Uh, and you cannot receive anything without humility. Um, so it's the chief virtue of the Christian life. Yeah, everything kind of flows through it. Yeah, and you, you mentioned too, it's not the absence of religious devotion. Like there's still things that, that we devote ourselves to, but it's in response to God's grace. Where, where we get it backwards is when we feel like we're earning God's grace, that I've earned brownie points with God, that God loves me more because look what I did. I read my Bible this morning. I listened to the podcast or I did a devotional or whatever it is. Um, that's all in response to God's grace. It, it's the transforming power of his grace compels us to live differently. Uh, and, and I think we, we'd sometimes get that backwards and we think, no, 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 I'm performing to earn God's favor, to earn God's love. Uh, if you're Nebuchadnezzar, God loves you. Yeah. And, and, and that's the reality. And it begins with receiving that grace. And that's a humble act. Uh, and, and we stay there. We're continually humbled. None of us deserve it. None of us have earned it. It's all by God's grace. It's all because of what Jesus did for us. And yeah, that compels us to live differently. So yeah. talk about some of the living differently. So how does that explain that? Because I think a lot of times it's easy to just go, I need to try harder, do more, be better. And, and that's kind of our mantra. What If we were to say, There's a, these are the thoughts I have when it comes to following Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to compress it. Okay. So I'm going to say a lot here in a couple of sentences. Um, and so if you're listening, once I say this, you'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but maybe really, really think about it. So biblical Christianity, um, it flows through humility, which means, biblically speaking, humility is the opposite of hypocrisy. Mm. So people will say that person doesn't act like a Christian. Well, God's not looking for actors. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things we say here at Sun Valley is God loves the real you. Jesus was the first person to use the word hypocrite the way that we use it. And hypocrite, did I say that right, teaching pastor? Close enough, man. Close enough is the Greek word. It means to wear a mask. And Jesus was referring to, it would just be men who would act during that time. Mm -hmm. And you'd have these two actors on the stage and they would play all the parts. They would put on the mask of the villain. And then they would put on the mask of the, you know, damsel in distress. Help me, save me. And then the hero here, I come to save the day. And they would change these masks. They were actors. They were hypocrites. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus is the first to use that word the way that we use it. So in biblical Christianity, if we're really practicing it, there's no acting. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no pretending. Mm -hmm. There's just raw honesty. And here's the beautiful thing about that. The only way 
you can experience the real love of God is to be courageous enough to be the real you. Because mm-hmm. God can't love who you're pretending to be because that person does not exist. Yeah. Yeah. And so the most attractive thing, and, and what's sad is, right, is we've done the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of us are hypocrites on some level. We, we, we all do it. I mm-hmm. can't live up to my own standard, much less God's. But humility is so attractive. I, I think people are dying today for somebody to just stand up and be real. Yeah. You know? And um, that's exactly what Christianity actually is. It's God loving us in the reality of our lives, uh, even though we're all messed up. Um, you know, God specializes in using messed up people because that's all he has to work with, mm-hmm. right? Um w- which is this wonderful, beautiful thing in the reality of his grace. Um, and as we receive it, his grace begins to change us. Uh, so Christianity is not about earning, to your point. It does require some discipline. It's not about earning, but it does require effort. Mm-hmm. But his grace flows in and through humility. And if you think about it, all great relationships flow through humility because that's how you build trust. Yeah. All right. So talk about that. Talk about how humility actually builds trust between us and others. So um I don't want to interrupt your thought here, but um, there there is something about if you've ever met somebody who's genuinely humble, if you think of somebody in your mind right now, there's something about them that attracts you to them. Yeah. They're like a magnet. Like you want to be around those people. Absolutely. And then if you think about the prideful, self-righteous, there's yeah. something that just repels you. Yeah. I- explain that. What is that? And and how do you how do you live in such a way where, where you're attracting people, not repelling them? Well, well, let's talk about what humility is and isn't. Okay. And then maybe we'll talk about how, how it would play out. So humility is not weakness. Mm-hmm. Humility is not being a wallflower. Humility is not... Being a doormat. Uh, being a doormat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you said that this, this weekend. Um, humility actually requires a tremendous amount of strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a calm strength about humility. Um, one of the things Megan talked about last week was when we worship the true God, we'll, we'll have hope. Uh, all other idols, right, are, are shaky. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually can't practice true humility while worshiping an idol at the same time. Explain that. Well, idols are about validating and redeeming our own life. So I'm going to go super fast here. Yep. I'm, I'm going to use the Rocky movies because I'm a Rocky Balboa fan. You know, yo, Adrian. So the first Rocky movie, you know, he and Adrian are there. He goes and to the auditorium, the theater where he's going to follow fight Apollo Creed in the middle of the night. And he comes back and he says, I can't do it. I I can't beat him. And she says, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, well, I just need to go the distance. Right. And she's like, why do you need to go to the distance? And he says, cause if I go the distance, I'll prove that I'm not a bum. That's got to be the worst Rocky accent. I think I, it's, it's terrible. It's got to work on that. But but just go with go with the. Yeah, point. I'm still there. I'm I'm picturing it. Okay, so I'm going to go fast. I, I won't uh, I won't do the accents and all that. <laughs> I'll, I'll save everybody. I'll give everybody grace and not make them go through that. Um, so he goes the distance, but shockingly, there's a Rocky too. Mm-hmm. So so now if he can just beat Apollo, he'll prove that he's not a bum. Yep. And he does that, and you know what happens? There's a Rocky three. Now he's got to beat Mr. T, 
right? Yep. And then Mr. T beats him, and he's got to come back and prove it again. And then there's a Rocky Four, and now we're fighting the Russians, baby. That's right. I mean, That's America's right. <laughs> reputation is on the line because Ivan Drago is on the march. And then there's a Rocky Five, and then there's a Rocky Balboa. He's like, you know, 60 years old, and <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. But all the way through the Rocky movies, what's happening? Well, we're looking for redemption. Yeah. The problem is he achieves the goal, and we all love it, and we all love the movies. I yep. love the Rocky movies. We're all doing push-ups after the movie, right? We <laughs> Running we upstairs. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But it's this constant quest for redemption mm-hmm. that we get it, and it doesn't do it, and that's idols. Yeah. It's when I you know, correlate my net worth with my self-worth. If I ever just get this, then I will have redeemed my own life. If my kids turn out a certain way, I will have redeemed my own life. If I get the corner office, I will have redeemed my own life. On and on and it happens in ministry. You know, I I literally talked to a pastor two weeks ago and, uh, you know, he's struggling in his church and he was like, if I could just get here, then, and I'm like, dude, Mm -hmm. yeah, let me help you. If your church got bigger, that's not going to redeem your life. That doesn't yeah. solve it all yeah. for you. In fact, it just creates more problems. We're all looking for this for this thing. And those are not all bad things. Some of the things you described, those are good things that we should want to have. Like we should want our kids to grow up and, you know, follow Jesus, or we should want to, you know, succeed in whatever industry we work in, whatever it is we're doing. Uh, but it's when those good things become ultimate things, when that becomes the end all be all to life and my goal and my mission. Exactly. That's That's very well said. It's when we're trying to prove something. Mm -hmm. We put our hope in that which will prove us. And whatever you're putting your hope in that will prove and redeem in your own life, right? That's an idol. Mm -hmm. And we worship it. Um, And it puts us on shaky ground. And then we have to lie and then we have to maneuver. Biblical humility is simply honesty. I have nothing to prove and only one to please. He loves the real me. And there is a calm, powerful strength about humility. I cannot tell you how many times. So I'm five foot nine on a good day, mm-hmm. right? And I'm, I'm getting down again in my weight. But, you know, when I'm a little healthier, I'm 175, 180. I'm not a very big guy. There have been guys, literally former football players, not Brian Urlacher. You're thinking about him because I interviewed him a while ago. But I've had massive men in my office that I've literally looked up at them all the way up <laughs> and said, you, you are so weak because you are unwilling to go to counseling with your wife and deal with the freaking reality of who you are. Mm-hmm. Humility requires great strength um, and very few find it. But we find it when I'm fully loved, I'm fully accepted, nothing to prove. And out of that comes a calm strength in the reality of who we really are and the reality of life. And it's extremely powerful. Yeah. And that's biblical humility. Yeah. That's so good. For I think I just preached a whole sermon. No, there. that I, I kind of just want to pray and go home. That yeah. is kind of the... Well, and, and I hope that makes sense, yeah. but it's such a powerful thing. We have this idea in our minds. I think it's because of those old movies of Jesus mm-hmm. where he, you know, is five foot two and weighs 90 pounds and has a British accent, yeah. right? Yep. Let me do that one. Yep. Go ahead. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. I know. I, I couldn't stop you anyway, so that's yeah, why I, I said go I was, was going to do it. I remember that old movie. I kept thinking, he's going to say, you think it'll stop the screaming, don't you, Clarice? I kept expecting that Jesus in <laughs> yep. that movie to say yep. that. But we have this idea that he's just this weak, mm-hmm. feeble not a man, you mm-hmm. know, that's just not who our Jesus is. That's yeah. not who my King is. Yeah. Um, it's power under control. That's humility. Mm-hmm. It's reality. 
it's I'm not a doormat, but I am a servant. Yeah. He, he makes this statement when he's talking with Pilate and he goes, don't you think I call down legions of angels right now? And, and when he, when he makes this statement, he's saying, you know, Pilate's going, Hey, don't you know, I have power. Don't you know I'm in control? And Jesus is like, you have no idea. Yeah. I could call down legions. And basically if you do the math, there's this story in the old Testament, an angel comes and wipes out, you know, tens of thousands. You do the math on it. These angels could have wiped out all of humanity. Like, hundred times over and Jesus, and Jesus is going, that's the power I have. Yeah. You, you're not in control here. I'm choosing <laughs> to lay down my life. I'm giving my life. And, and that is incredible courage and strength. It's not that weak Jesus that some people have in their minds. Um, and what compelled him was love for us. Like just the, the reality of, okay, they didn't kill Jesus. Jesus gave his life. It's two very different things. Yeah. So th- think about this one since we're throwing out big thoughts mm-hmm. today. The degree that I trust you is equal to the degree that I allow you to love me. Mm -hmm. What humility does is it fosters trust. Mm -hmm. Any relationship that you have in your life, if you want it to be real, you have to practice humility. Because nobody can love who you're pretending to be. But here's what I've learned in marriage, and this is the hardest part of marriage, right? The more honest I am with mm-hmm. my wife mm-hmm. about who I really am, the more I'm giving her opportunity to love me. Yeah. Otherwise, she's trying to love somebody that doesn't exist. That's yep. the mask. They're, it's something that I'm putting, you know, why do I feel lonely in my marriage? Well, because your spouse doesn't know you. Yeah. You're just faking it, right? But that's what intimacy is. It's into me see. And the beautiful thing about the grace of God is he loves the real us. Yeah. And, and reality, humility that powerful strength that comes with that is so attractive. Some of the greatest moments in Lindsay and I's marriage have been times that we've confessed things to each other. Things are going on in our heart and mind. And that is scary. It is. You can't overstate that. It is the most terrifying leading up to that moment of, okay, I'm really going to trust Lindsay with something here. And I'm going to share, Hey, this is what's going on in my heart and mind. Um, And it's real negative about myself. And it's, it's a confession. It's a, Hey, I'm confessing to this and she could do whatever she wants with that. She could use that to destroy me with it. She could just, you know, use it against me all the time. That could be the Trump card she plays whenever she wants. Um, and when she responded with grace, I'm thinking of a specific time and, uh, and yeah, there were tears and all that, but it was honesty. It was real. And she responded with grace and said, I forgive you. Oh man. The, the connection we built as husband and wife and, and the times that she's done that with me and the connection that we've built, um, it's powerful. But at the same time, it's really scary, which is why I think it takes great strength to walk down a road of humility. So somebody who maybe is listening and they're at a point where they go, hey, I got something that maybe I need to share. I need to be real. I need to open up with somebody. I, I would first of all say, of course you do. Yeah. Welcome to the human race. Yeah. Go ahead. Excuse me. Now what? So I'm aware of that. I know that. Yeah. Uh, Now what? Well, I think if you've got somebody in your life that you're willing to roll the dice of trust, Mm -hmm. then you tell them. Uh, If you don't, here at the church, I'll tell you who you can come and tell. Come to Celebrate Recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, All the information's on our website about where we have those, what locations and what times. Uh, But Celebrate Recovery is an environment that fosters the opportunity to be 100% honest. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny is, because I've done the 12 steps of recovery. Everybody thinks that's about drugs and alcohol. It's not. It's about the brokenness of humanity and how God wants to heal us. Everybody needs recovery mm-hmm. uh, in some way, shape, or form. 
but I'm sitting there listening to everybody's story. And, and, and so right now it could be, you're listening and you're going, yeah, but you don't know my story. It's really bad. I'm going to make you a promise. <laughs> if you come to celebrate recovery and you go to an open chair, somebody's story will trump yours. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll be like, oh, maybe it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yep. um, but God loves the real us, the deepest, darkest, most embarrassing BS in your life, yep. God knows about. Yep. He knew about it 2,000 years ago when he gave his life for you. He knew everything you would ever do and still loved you enough to pay the price for you. Yeah. He's not shocked. He's not surprised. He's not going to go, what? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he already knows. It's us getting honest and so, being real and allowing him to love us right where we are. Absolutely. So the question is, will you allow him to help you? Mm-hmm. Will, will you allow his power into that? Because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. His power, his grace, his salvation flows through humility, which is simply honesty and yes, it requires courage. You talked about this weekend, the attractiveness of humility when it comes to engaging culture. Mm-hmm. The fact that Daniel was humble and, and that the influence with Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. Um, there's obviously culture wars going on in our time. Mm-hmm. What do you think we as the church, not Sun Valley, but the church at large, specifically Sun Valley, you, you, can, you can criticize me right now if you want, Robert, <laughs> that wouldn't be anything new. Um, what do you think the church could be doing better mm. uh, in the realm of the power of humility and yep. engaging culture? Yeah, I, I think one of the things that, that we can do that is an act of humility that, that Jesus modeled, that Jesus uh, commands through scripture, that James says, hey, do this, is, is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Uh, we've lost the ability to listen in our culture. Mm. Um, Daniel listens before he speaks throughout the story of Daniel. Daniel earns influence. They go to him and say, Daniel, can you please give us advice on this? Can you please interpret this dream? Can you please tell us its meaning? He's not going to them and saying, hey, let me tell you some stuff. He, he's been listening all along the way. And when they ask him, he gives answers. Yeah, um, He earns the right to be heard through listening. I think for a lot of us, if we would do more listening, we would actually have a lot more influence than we do when we just shout and we refuse to listen to anybody. Um, to listen is to love. We, we've said that multiple times. Yeah. I um, get a tattoo of that. If you're a man right now, <laughs> just write that down somewhere where you're going to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to listen is to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I honestly think that's one thing we as the church could do a whole lot better at yeah. is to, to begin to listen and to know uh, for those who aren't Christians, they don't want to live like Christians. They're going to do all kinds of things that we're going to go, I can't believe they do that. And they think that way and they believe hey, that. Hey, Christians don't live like Christians. That's right. And they, a lot of Christians don't want to live like Christians either. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's part of it. Um, let's stop being so judgmental of everybody. Let's start listening. Let's earn a hearing and, and let's be full of grace and truth together. Yeah. I, I, so I'm going to say something for some of you who've been in church like a long time. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to make a little paradigm shift, uh, which the Bible word for that is to repent. It's to think differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new evangelism is not preaching. The new evangelism is listening. Yeah. Uh, listening is a lost art in our society. To listen is to love. Here, here's what I'm learning. So right now there's a group meeting at my house on Tuesday nights. That's my small group. Mm-hmm. At 6.30, we have dinner together and then we watch a video and we're doing the alpha videos. I'll talk more about that in the, in the days ahead. So there's like four people in there in, in our group, in mm-hmm. our home every Tuesday night that do not believe what I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and frankly, and it could be they're listening to the podcast, they're going to laugh. They say stuff and I'm like, no, nope, that's not right. No, 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 no. Right? Yeah. But in your head, though. Yeah, but but I don't I don't I don't preach at them. Yeah. I'm just listening. Yeah. But but here's here's what's happening. 
And um, if they're listening, they know this. We're becoming friends. Mm -hmm. And in that, there's mutual influence, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and, And in that friendship... And all of them would say this because we were talking about it uh, in, in, the, in the group. It's a Wednesday today as we're recording this. And so a group was in my house last night. All of them are taking steps towards Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's just this reality. And you talked about it so well. It, loving people actually works. Mm-hmm. If we want to change our society, Jesus said we should be known by our love. Yep. The mission is people. The method is love. We don't have to reinvent that. Oh, say that again. That's so good. The mission is people. The method is love. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And again, humility is not weakness. It's, it's strength. You, you had a bullhorn with you on stage. I did. Uh, when I saw you preaching here just a moment ago, what's, what's that about? So the bullhorn, it's from a time I was in downtown Gilbert and there's a guy with the bullhorn shouting at everybody, telling them how they're sinners and, and all of that. And just, that's just not... It was so effective, wasn't it? Oh, Did you see like goodness. tons of people coming and yeah. I want well, to give my life to God now? I was now. so embarrassed when I saw this guy. And, and the reality is I've been that guy. Now, I haven't had an actual bullhorn, but I've had that mentality. Oh. I've had bullhorn mentality. I've had a bullhorn heart towards people, not compassion for people because my passion for God's so high that I think, oh, all these terrible people. And I got to, you know. I'm you gonna... had to let me know what an idiot you are. Yeah. Uh, let, me, let me let you know what an idiot you yeah. are. Yeah. And, and I want to win arguments and I want to, you know, defeat these people. I'm not called to defeat people and to win arguments. I'm called to win people with the grace of God. And and love is the method that God has given us. And it's not a weakness, it's calm strength, as you said. Um, I tell the story, if you, if you didn't catch the message this weekend, you can go online and listen to it. But I tell the story of uh, listening to an atheist who was an outspoken atheist, vulgar kid. Um, anyhow, God's grace ended up transforming his life. He ended up becoming a missionary. Hmm. Uh, incredible From story. From atheist to missionary. Atheist to missionary. And that's it wasn't, a hell of a challenge right there. <laughs> I mean, that's that's amazing. But it wasn't arguments. It wasn't debating. It was honestly what we're talking about. It was listening. Yeah. And God began to do something in, in his life. So, um, yeah, I ho- hope you listen to that. Um, and for all of us, I, I hope that we'll take steps of humility, whether it's confessing things, whether it's learning to listen, uh, not argue, debate, um, but, but to make people the mission. So I'm going to, I'm going to go macro on this for a second. Yeah. There are people who are listening right now. And of course we're still coming out of election season and yada, yada, yada. Right. And they're like, but we got to stand up for the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm for that. Jesus is full of grace and truth. Yep. Um, I think what most people mean when they say that is we got to fight for truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to win the culture war. What What would you say to that? Oh man, one, I'd say we lost the culture war already. Um, it, it's okay to stand up. You know, for Daniel. It, do, when you say that, do you mean in this election season? When did we lose the culture? We war? lost the culture war the second TVs entered into people's living rooms. Uh, we had a conversation about, about that. Yeah, um, yeah the, the culture war has has shifted. The church has lost influence, and some people are freaking out because of that. Um, because we've leveraged power instead of leveraging grace and humility. Let, let's unpack that for a moment. Yeah. So what what was just said is when it comes to culture at large. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about what really affects culture. Yeah. Media affects culture more than anything else. Yep. Art affects culture more than anything else. Yep. Uh, because those are the things that we watch and listen to. And those are the things that connect with our emotions. And most people don't think, most people feel, and then they act on their feelings. That's right. So you're not just watching a show. You're allowing your 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 mind to be transformed. And, and people don't realize that. Yeah, you're being indoctrinated all the yeah. time but by whatever you're, you're letting in there, yeah. right? So you said, I'm quoting you, mm-hmm. the church has lost, has lost its influence. We lost the culture war a long time ago. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. 
Why do you think we lost our influence? I think we lost our influence because we leveraged power over grace and over love. It became about if we could just have more power in legislation, if we could just have more power in government and all of that, that that became our focus. And we have been shouting at people for their sin. We have been the bullhorn guy. Mm -hmm. If I were to say collectively as a church, that's what we've been known for. Uh, People, when they think of church, people who aren't in church, they think of that bullhorn guy. They associate to some degree. That's what the church is. We become irrelevant in their mind and in their eyes uh, because we stop leveraging grace. Yeah. We stop listening. We stop trying to understand where they're at and earning a hearing to then present the truth through grace. So Jesus said this in the Sermon on the Mount, judge not lest you be judged. It doesn't mean, okay, that does not mean we don't make judgment calls mm-hmm. and, and we don't evaluate things. What he's saying is the way you treat people is the way that they're going to treat you. Yeah. Here's, here's what I think. And I think you're so right. I, I think culturally we're just reaping what we've sown. Mm-hmm. I think we leveraged power and not grace. And so now when a friend of mine says, you know, well, this side, you know, the people that don't know the truth, right? They're so intolerant. Mm-hmm. And my thought is, well, why do you think they're so intolerant? Who taught them that, mm-hmm. right? I think we've sent it out in that way for so long that now we're getting it back and we don't like it. Yeah. Um, but there's a third option, mm-hmm. right? It's not this way. It's not this way. Jesus is the way. Uh, and we can begin to practice that and we can begin to share grace with a world that desperately needs it and end that change our culture one life at a time, which is what Jesus has, has called us to. Yeah. Well, man, I'm not used to you asking questions along the way. I feel like you uh, answered well. We we went way over time than what we typically do, but uh, uh, grateful for your time. Grateful for people listening to the podcast again. Like, subscribe, and uh, we'll continue to do this in the weeks to come as we unpack what it means to be an influencer in our culture. It's called Amazing Grace. Yeah. Let's live it and share it. Yeah.